Yeah. All right. Okay. Dan, I'll turn it over to you. All right, thank you. Well, I am uh, Daniel DeFranco. I'm a graduate of the college, 2008. Um, when I was here, I was a philosophy major. I had a minor in classical studies and a minor in English literature. That was supposed to be a double major, but I sacrificed it for philosophy. Um, I uh, had an amazing time here. They're amazing professors. Um, I don't think that I would have been able to apply for graduate school if I had not gone through this program, and not just because it you know, introduced me to philosophy, but the kind of um, personal attention um, that you kind of required to, to you know, be nurtured. Um, I think that this program was um, absolutely necessary in me being able to pursue graduate studies. I don't think that going into college, I wanted to be a lawyer, like coming here, that's what I wanted to be, I was going to be a lawyer. Um, and I don't think that I, I knew that I could do it until I had gone through this program. And so it was probably about my junior year that I realized that I absolutely wanted to go um, into graduate studies for philosophy. So if you are, you know, a freshman, junior now, or even a senior now, and you're not sure, I think that's absolutely normal, and eventually it'll come to you. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience applying, and then um, a little bit about my experience being in graduate school. If I miss anything in my little areas, uh, feel free to ask me any questions. Um, but anyway, I'm going to talk about the application process. I was talking to a, a student earlier this semester who's not here right now about applying. Um, and I just kind of wanted to go through what you need, what's required in the application, um, and a kind of a ranking of importance of that. Um, so when you apply, you're going to need a personal statement. You're going to need recommendations from other professors. Um, you're going to need to take the GRE, um, which is a, a whole animal in itself. Um, and you're going to have to have a writing sample. Uh, typically, for the writing samples, they're going to look for something between 15 and 30 pages, probably ideally within the 20-page range. Um, just something indicative of your work, something that you're proud of, um, something that might pique the interest of faculty members, but I'll go into that in a little more detail. Um, probably the ranking of that material. Um, your personal statement probably matters least out of everything. However, it is important because there are going to be a lot of people applying to your program. And typically, philosophy programs are small, and so the professors are not going to want people to come into their program who are um, you know, troublemakers or who don't gel well with their personalities. Um, so the personal statement is important because it's kind of giving a window into your soul, letting them know what you're like, what your interests are, um, how you kind of came to philosophy, why philosophy is important to you, how you're drawn to a, uh, um, a particular subject. And I know um, I had met with professors when I first got to um, my graduate school at Tulane, um, and they had brought up my personal statement, and they had referenced specific things that I had said in it. So I know that they read it. I know that they take it seriously. Um, I don't think it's something that's going to get you into graduate school, but it might be something that keeps you out. If there's something concerning in there, they may not be as willing to let you in. However, if you kind of make a, um, you know, a persuasive plea for why you should be in or why you love philosophy that's interesting to them, 
um, it's a great opportunity to do that. So take it seriously, make it personal, let them know who you are um, for your personal recommendation. Um, for your recommendations, or for your personal statement rather, make it personal. Um, for your recommendations, you're going to want professionals, you're going to want faculty members in this school or faculty members at another school if you studied abroad. Um, you're not going to want um, you know, your boss at a summer job. Um, you're going to want people who are in academia that can speak to um, your academic abilities because you are applying for an academic program. So they're not really concerned about you know, what you did in the past in terms of jobs. Um, they're concerned about whether or not you can do the work and you have the potential to be um, you know, an independent scholar. So when you're looking for recommendations, really only look for faculty members who can write those recommendations for you. Don't go out on a limb and, and um, try to find somebody who can uh, speak to your, um, you know, your personality or your um, work ethic or something like that. You know, really focus in on academics, people who you've taken classes with, um, either in the philosophy department, it could be in other departments. Um, I think I had two philo uh, philosophy recommendations and I also had a re recommendation from um, somebody in the English department. So it can be diverse. It doesn't have to be only philosophy professors writing your recommendations, but it ought to be um, academic faculty members. It shouldn't be somebody outside of academia writing that recommendation, at least for me. Um, that's how I kind of envision it. Um, the GRE is difficult, and it takes a lot of time to study. And you should take it very seriously. Um, it's kind of like your personal statement. It's not going to be something that gets you into graduate school, um, but it could help. And it's something that might keep you out of graduate school. Um, in my program, I think it was it might have been my second or third year in the department, um, we had a student who was applying um, for the program. He came to visit. He had personal connections with some of the professors in the department. He, had, he's a, he was a master's student at another program. And those faculty members at the master's program um, are friendly with uh, faculty members in the Tulane program. So they knew of him. Um, he had come to the department. He was very friendly. He met everybody. He's friends in the department. Um, but his GRE scores were very low. Um, I think they were in the 1200s. And ultimately, they decided not to accept him. Now, I don't know anything about his personal work, um, but it seemed to me from gossip within the department that that was one of the considerations that kept him out of the department. Um, so the GRE is something that you should take very seriously in preparing for. Um, it's not a mark of your intelligence by any means. It's something you can study for. You don't need to take the class. I didn't need to take... I didn't take um, 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 one of those uh, practice courses that you have to pay for. I got the books. I studied on my own. Um, I found, even though I thought math was my weakness, I found the quantitative section um, easier to master than the verbal. Um, I did really well on the quantitative. I did mediocre on the verbal. Um, I couldn't even tell you how I did on the written part. I'm assuming I did all right. Um, but I had, a, I, had a really, I had a really substantial GRE score going into it, and I, I, I do think from talking to other people who um, were in my class, who were admitted to my class, um, the people I talked to seemed to have comparable GRE scores. So it's something you can absolutely study for um, and do well on. Um, 
and it's something that I think will matter um, going into it. I think it's something that they look at, and it's a way of initially sorting out the, the applications. Now, there might be other reasons why your application gets kept in. Um, it might be because um, uh, somebody who wrote a recommendation for you knows a faculty member and has already been aware of your application. Um, but I think if you can do well on the GRE score uh, test, if you can put in the effort, it's, it's um, valuable and it will help you, um, at least in the initial sorting process of the applications. Um, and like I said, I found the quantitative, um, the quantitative section easier to study for, um, but you might find the verbal section easier to study for. If you can nail one of those sections, I think you're in pretty good shape. I think they look to see if you have a high score in one of them at least. So it may not be your over, you know, overall score that matters, um, but you should take it seriously and dedicate a significant amount of time to it. If you can prepare over the summer, if you could take it in your junior year, it's good for a few years. That may be something worth considering. Um, it has nothing to do with graduate studies. You never think of, you know, never consider those, you know, whatever they're testing you on on the GRE again. Um, but it's something important for your philosophy application. Um, the most important thing is going to be your writing sample, though. Um, the sooner you can prepare for it, the better. Um, for me, the GRE and the, and the writing sample were both done in my senior year, um, and it was very stressful. Um, I had started preparing for the GRE in the summer. I had written my um, writing sample during my senior year, so I was trying to get, get everything together. If you can avoid that, avoid it. Um, the more time you give to your writing sample, the better. That's going to be the thing that really um, seals the deal. Once they you know, decide to look at your application, that's going to be what gets you in or what keeps you out. Um, so you know, make sure it's something that you're interested in. Make sure that um, you kind of demonstrate your philosophical voice, um, that you um, show them that you can do more than just explain some sort of issue, that you can attempt to contribute to an issue. I think that they um, appreciate that very much. So it doesn't need to be, in a sense, absolutely perfect. Um, but it has to demonstrate that you are on your way to being a scholar, that you are on your way to contributing to philosophy in a positive way. Um, so take it seriously. Let anybody who is willing to read it, read it to give you kind of comments, get different perspectives on what you can include. If there's some sort of outside information that is relevant that ought to be included, you can kind of you know, gauge that. Um, you can see how people respond to it. Um, but it's quite important. I would say it's the most important part of your application, this um, uh, writing sample. Um, and I'm speaking specifically to philosophy programs. There, I, I think all of them, all the PhD programs, uh, require a writing sample. Um, so definitely take it seriously. Um, and like I said, they're going to look for something that's between um, 15 and 30 pages. Uh, they're busy people, so I think they prefer to see something that's 20 pages. So if you can get it to 20 pages, that's probably ideal, because it's substantial, it's long enough, but you don't want to kind of bash them over the head with anything that's extraneous. Don't make them read anything more um, than need be. If you can get your point across in 20 pages, or if you have something that's 30 pages and you can cut it down to streamline it, do that. 
Um, not, you know, more is not better, okay? Quality is better. Um, 20 pages is easy for them to read. That's the length of most graduate school papers for your classes. You're going to have to write one paper a semester. It's going to be 20 to 25 pages. So in doing that, you can show them that I am able to do what is required for me in a philosophy course. So in a way, when they're looking at your writing sample, they know right away how you might perform in their class. Okay, so 20 pages is ideal, I would say. Anything over that, you might want to think about cutting down. Um, anything under that, you might want to boost up just a little bit. Okay? Um, but does anybody have any questions about anything I talked about in the application, what's required in the application? Um, recommendations, personal statement, GREs, and the writing sample. Yeah, good. Your coursework and your GPA. Oh, yeah, that's very important. Um, so thank you for mentioning that. Um, your coursework is absolutely important. You want to show that you've taken a wide range of philosophy courses. Um, and of course, you want to do well in those courses. So they are going to look at, I would say that your, uh, your GPA is probably along the same lines. It's just as important as the GRE. Um, they're going to want to see that you did well in your courses. You're, they're going to want to see that... Um, um, you've taken many courses in philosophy. This isn't always true. If you have something particular to bring to the table, let's say that you're, um, like for instance, like math majors are in high demand in philosophy departments. Um, they're very interested in people who have majored in physics. Now, this is not all philosophy departments, but sometimes if you're able to bring an expertise to the table um, and you, um, may not ha you may have some weaknesses in philosophy, that might override their decision. And they might say, um, you know, you've taken some classes in philosophy, you've demonstrated that you're proficient in philosophy, but you're really good at physics and we want you in the department. Um, that might be kind of, you know, specialized, but in general I think the rule is the more philosophy classes you've taken, um, you know, the better um, um, you'll be. And if you've taken classes that are relative, relevant to philosophy, you know, they're going to take that into consideration as well. Um, so that's absolutely important. I think it's critical to kind of laying the foundation for your application. Just as a quick question, I was at Loyola, and one of the things, big things that they stress for the PhD program, I was interested in doing New Testament studies for a while, but they decided to back up. But um, one thing that some of the, the, the priest professors have mentioned to me is for a PhD program, it's important to somewhat, if you can, find someone you want to study under. Yes. Do you have any, any remarks on that? I do have a, I do have a lot of remarks on that. Um, it's kind of, I can kind of skip ahead because it's involved in my choosing a school section. Um, no, 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 it's okay. Um, I think it's a good idea when you're choosing a school, so this is going to speak to that, um, you should be aware of all of the faculty members in that department. Uh, you should be aware of the graduate students in that department and what they're studying. Okay. Um, just to give yourself an idea of like, you know, how large is the department? How is it divided? Are most students um, studying, um, um, you know, philosophy of language? Are most of them studying the Greeks? Um, are, you know, is it, is it dispersed where there's only a few kids studying Greek, there's only a few kids studying mind, there's only a few people studying language? Um, so you want to be aware of the whole picture of what's going on in the department. And the reason I say that is because when you get there, um, you, might have, you might have a really clear idea of what you want to do. Um, and that is excellent. If you can go there and you know exactly what you want to do and you have no doubts and um, do you you're... Do recommend that? Um, 
it's not it, you know it's hard to recommend it because it's either you're there or you're not there okay. um, it, if you're not there like for me I felt that I was more of a question mark that I knew I wanted to do philosophy that I had diverse interests but I didn't know exactly um, you know I, I didn't know if I could just throw myself into um, philosophy of language or I didn't know if I could just throw myself into um, you know like Nietzsche I, I didn't know that at that point I knew I had all these diverse interests I kind of could see how they connected. Um, so when I was looking for departments, I and I think that this is helpful. You want to know what the whole department is like because if you get there and you change your mind, you want to know that there's options for you. You want to know that you're not, you know, if you if you um, you know if if you look for that one specific thing and you get there and you find that that one specific thing is not to your taste, and then the rest of the department has all these kind of like you know, odd specialties that don't really interest you, you're going to be in a weird position. Um, so it is helpful to connect with a faculty member if there's something that you're really interested in doing. And I think that it's it's nice to connect with them um, anyway, just to, you know, um, you know, um, you know, make first contact, show them that you're interested in the department, show them that you have um, interests that align with their own. I think there's nothing wrong in doing that. Um, and it's something that you ought to keep in mind when you're applying. Um, but at the same time, don't get so, you know, don't, don't um, you know, get tunnel vision. You know, look at the whole of what's going on at that department. Look at all the graduate students. What are they studying? Look at all the other professors. What are they studying? If something goes wrong with the person that I want to study with, either we just can't stand each other, because that could happen. You could just have a complete personality clash. Um, or I'm just not interested in that anymore, um, but I'm more interested in this. Um, so you want to keep your options open, and you want to know what the department is as a whole, and if there's opportunities um, for you to branch out or if there's opportunities you, for, for you to kind of jump ship and be satisfied in doing it. Um, like for instance, I started out with um, focusing on um, epistemology, contemporary epistemology, and the classics. And now I'm at a position where I'm still kind of doing you know, contemporary analytic philosophy, but I'm working on Spinoza. Um, so it's kind of, I'm in a completely different space than where I started off. But I was able to kind of make my way there because I did have options and I did dabble when I was there. I did dabble in, you know, in the classics and I feel like it laid a great foundation for me going forward in um, early modern. Um, and I also love being able to dabble in um, analytic contemporary philosophy because I feel like that gave me a foundation um, for, for um, you know, being able to integrate some contemporary issues into my research um, in Spinoza. So. Um, I was happy that I went to, you know, I, I ended up in a department where they had diverse interests that aligned with my interests. That they did have people doing analytic philosophy, but they also had people who were invested in the history of philosophy. Okay. So, you know, that worked out. Um, but it's not a bad idea to identify those faculty members that you're interested in. Okay. Um, also, and this is my choosing the school. I would say apply to as many graduate schools as you can that you are interested in, okay? And the reason I say that is because applying and getting into a PhD program in philosophy is kind of a crapshoot. 
right? There are so many factors um, that play into who they accept um, that are completely out of your control. Um, when I was admitted um, in 2008 to Tulane, um, they admitted four students um, that were funded, okay? The following year, they only admitted two students because their funding situation had changed. They didn't have the money to admit four students, okay? So what the internal politics of the department can greatly affect how many students they accept or if they accept any students that year. You can find some smaller departments that, because of financial reasons, are not going to accept students that year. Um, I had gotten into um, Arizona State as well as Tulane, and they pulled the plug on my funding, initially said they were, there was going to be funding for me, and then I got another letter saying, we don't have funding for anybody. So you can still come here, and there might be funding when you get here in, in August, but there may not be. Um, so those are kind of you know issues that, that play into it. I mean, you might have uh, faculties in mind that you, or programs in mind that you want to apply to, um, but they might have a situation that you're a financial situation where they can't admit you. Um, you also find that sometimes, um, so usually when they admit people, particular faculty members will say, I want that person. Sometimes um, it's a year where the ancient person gets to choose more people to admit than the analytic person. So they might admit two people or three people and the analytic guy only gets to admit one. And if you're, you know, if you're in your application, you say, I want to study analytic philosophy, well then, you know, your chances of getting into that department are significantly decreased. Um, and I, I saw that at Tulane. Um, there were a few professors who typically got most of the graduate students, and depending on the year, they would get more students. So there was one person who studied um, 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 Aristotle. So sometimes she would get two students, and that was the only, you know, those were the only two students admitted that year. And they didn't let anybody in, in, in ethics or um, epistemology or logic. Then the following year, they let three people in who did ethics because they were studying with this one particular person. Um, so that's um, a factor that you have to keep in mind, that there are all these little things that are going on in the politics of the department that might affect whether or not you get in or not. So that's why I say look to see what the whole of the, uh, of the department is like because that gives you more options. Then see how many programs are of interest to you. Okay, and of all the ones that are of interest to you, I would apply to, because that's going to increase your odds of actually getting in somewhere. Um, where, you know, they might have taken you, you know, the year before, or they might have taken you the year after, but per because it's this year, and you're applying for epistemology, and they want somebody who does classics, well, you know, that kind of sucks, but it doesn't really speak to the character or to your, you know, the quality of can a candidate you are. You might be a fantastic candidate. They just don't have a spot for what you want to study that year. Um, so keep your options open, apply to as many schools as you can, um, that will increase your odds of getting in. Um, let's see. I also kind of want to stress, and this was, this was totally, I don't, I don't know where my head was at at this time of applying, but I, I don't think I was opposed to it, but I just didn't do it. I didn't apply to any master's programs in philosophy. And I think that, I mean, I got in and I'm here, so I'm not going to say I regret it, um, but I wish that I had considered it um, as, a, as, as a more, um, you know, as an actual option for me. 
Because when you go into graduate school, I kind of just assume that most of the students who are going into graduate school are, um, you know, just, you know, they just graduated from undergraduate, they're going right into graduate studies. And that's just not the case. I would say that that's more of um, a rarity, that, or maybe not a rarity, but it's not as common as you think it is. I think that it was probably one third of the students at Tulane in the philosophy department that were, um, that um, had gone into the program right after undergraduate. Most of the people in the department either had taken some time or they had gotten a master's in philosophy or something else, okay? Um, I know one person had gotten their master's in classical studies from Cambridge and came to, to Tulane and did their philosophy. Um, a lot of people had done, somebody did uh, their master's in philosophy at uh, Northern Illinois, I think it is. Um, which has a fantastic program in philosophy. Um, there are great master's programs in philosophy, and it will make you a better candidate. They, I think that they, yeah, the programs actually like when you have a master's in philosophy. Um, it will make your writing sample, um, or improve the quality of your writing sample, because you will actually have to have written you know, 20 page papers for two years in a row, so you're gonna be primed at doing it. Um, you're going to have, um, um, I'm trying to think. Um, so you're going to have a lot more opportunity in writing those 20-page papers to make mistakes, have people give you criticism, get better at it. Um, so I really wish that I had considered a master's program as a viable option, but I just didn't. Um, and it worked out all right. It, you know, I don't regret anything. But for you guys, I would say, especially if you don't know if you want to... Um, you know, absolutely um, dedicate yourself to the PhD right away. Um, a master's program is a great way to figure that out. Also, if you are dead set about going to a great philosophy program, consider it too, because they look high, the uh, philosophy departments look highly upon those prestigious master's um, um, programs in philosophy. They like them. Um, they like that when you know when you get um, a degree from uh, from them, and they will take that into consideration. Um, half of my incoming class had master's degrees, um, and so I would say keep it as an option. If if you don't get into the PhD program you want to get into, you may still be able to get into a top PhD program if you go the master's route. It will make you a better candidate. So keep that in mind that you know when applying, I would apply to master's programs too because if you don't get into the programs that you want to get into, you still have options. And most PhD programs will count some of the time you put into those master's programs into your PhD program. So if you're in, um, for, so for a PhD program, it's three years worth of coursework typically. Um, if you take two years of a master's program, they cut off a year of your coursework. So you only have to do two years of coursework. And you're probably, um, you're probably in a better position to say what you want to do. You've already experienced um, diverse subjects in philosophy. You might say, you know, I really do like the classics. Um, so that's something, you know, you know, I feel more confident saying that I want to study classics. And then you can go that route um, and feel better about it. You don't feel as lost because you've had that, you know, extra time to consider it and be exposed to um, other areas in philosophy. So I, I just want to really stress to you guys, don't think of the master's program as like like a failure or 
not an option or anything like that. The master's program is a great way to make yourself a stronger candidate and to get into a top PhD program because they do look upon it highly. Okay, They don't discount you because you went to a master's program first. Um, I do want to say be selective about the master program you go to. Don't go to any master's program. Like I got admitted to, um, and this is often, if you apply to the University of Chicago, they have a master's in liberal arts um, uh, program there. And if you don't get into their P one of their humanities PhD programs, but they still like you as a candidate, they will accept you into this master's of liberal arts um, major. And I think that from where you guys are, that wouldn't be helpful for you a master's in liberal arts education. I think that you want to specialize in something. If you want to do the classics, do the classics. If you want to do a, you know, a language, do a language. If you want to do philosophy, do, a philosoph uh, do something in philosophy. But they, I think that they are um, selective in seeing um, what kind of masters you, you've gotten. Um, I know one student in my program, um, he was kind of an untraditional, well, I guess it was not untraditional, it was traditional for graduate school, but he had um, gotten his, his um, bachelor's degree, applied to philosophy programs in, um, for a doctorate, didn't get it. So he took some time off, and he got his master's in a liberal arts. He applied again. He didn't get it. So he took some time off, and he applied for a master's in philosophy at Boston College. He got into that. He completed the program. He got admitted to multiple PhD programs. So in that case, I really do think that the master's degree that you get matters. They, they look at that. Um, especially like the top schools are probably interested to see if you got your master's in philosophy or you got your master's in an area that can actually help you um, in the completion of your degree. Um, so be selective about the master's program you go into. Don't go into any master's program just because it's a master's program. Just try to figure out what the bigger picture is. Um, but don't be afraid about applying to master's programs and going to master's programs um, because I think that they really will give you a huge leg up in the end. Um, I think that I would have been, you know, I have no doubt that I would have been a much stronger candidate, you know, after, you know, two, year, two more years of studying philosophy and maturing as a thinker. Um, so don't discount that at all. It's, it's, you know, I think it's a misconception at sometimes. Yeah, Brianna. Um, so you said, you mentioned about how, like, your personal work. So how did that work for you, just re retrospectively, um, coming out of undergrad and applying? Um, what were things that you think distinguished you um, as far as getting in, from what I understand, right after? Yeah. And then um, things that, in retrospect, specific resources that you utilized here to distinguish yourself or give you like a repertoire of, I don't know, research or work that was like pushed you towards philosophy that you used, and if you used any of those that you thought you wasted time on or that you wish you did, you had. Yeah, I had to put more effort into. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean... I'm happy I wasted a lot of time on the GRE. I felt like it was a waste of time, but I'm happy I did it. I'm happy I wasted my time on that. Um, it's hard to tell, you know, it's always, a, it's still a mystery to me, like, why they let me in. You know, I don't know, I don't know the reason why my application was distinguished over every, you know, a lot of other people's. I know that they do get a lot, you know, Tulane gets a lot of applications. Um, and I'm not sure what pushed me over the edge. I'm assuming that, 
they, um, you know, it was a combination of the grades and, and the GRE, but ultimately it comes down to the writing sample. Um, I'm glad that I spent every ounce of energy and, and time on that writing sample that I did. I, you know, I wish I could have spent more time on it. I wish that um, I had, um, you know, and see, this is hard to say because sometimes, you know, you, you have a series of papers that you love, um, and then sometimes you go through a period where you're just never really satisfied with anything. So it's hard to say um, the earlier you start, the better, even though it's true. Um, I felt that I was, you know, very excited by the writing sample that I came up with. It was in philosophy of language. Um, and I realized this might be part of it. I realized after I applied, there was somebody in that department who wrote their dissertation on the very subject that I wrote my paper on. And that was just chance. I realized that way after the fact. Um, but I did kind of, I did kind of, um, now thinking about it, I had two writing samples. And, and um, um, I applied to some programs um, with the interest of, of doing analytic philosophy, and I used a writing sample I had done on philosophy of, of language. And then I applied to some um, that were stronger in the classics with a, with, um, a paper I had done on, um, it was a comparison of Aristotle and Confucius. Um, and I felt actually I got positive feedback from, from both writing samples. Um, but the, mo you know, the more time you could spend on your writing sample, the better. Um, if you have some sort of idea that you know you're working on and you're kind of like chiseling at slowly, um, you know, put effort into doing that. You know, bringing it to life, like especially working on it in your free time, because this is something that you're going to have to do on your free time. This is not um, you're not going to get a grade for it. It's not going to count for anything towards your um, um, your undergraduate degree. So if you have an idea, if you have a philosophical interest, okay, and it's outside of class, but it's something that you hit on in one class. Take your free time to explore that. Do some additional reading. See if you can, you know, develop that into a paper. Because I think that that's, you know, um, you know, those papers are the most authentic. They really, you know, um, speak to your interests and your passions, and you know, it's reflected in that. So, um, that I would say I would have spent more time on. If I had an idea that I was satisfied with and I was excited with, and I got positive feedback from my professors. I would have spent more personal time developing that baby and then sharing it with other people and you know over time. And I think that would have been a nice organic way to get to a writing sample. Yeah. Just a quick question. Um, you know, I'm doing the master's here right now. And, mm -hmm. um, what's your thoughts on conferences and publishing? Um, they're super important. I had done a conference my senior year at, at um, I think it's Rice University. Um, and I think that that probably, you know, was helpful too. I think if you've never done a conference and you're an undergraduate going into the program, I don't think that they'll um, look down upon you. But if you, um, you know, if you have, I think that speaks highly of you. If you've done presentations as a master's student, I think that looks great um, because they're going to want people who are um, willing to do presentations and go out on a limb. I think that ultimately you need to do that to get a job. So any kind of um, activity that's um, proactive in terms of going on the job market they're gonna they're gonna look at highly because they're gonna be like this person um, is already already kind of understands what they need to do and they will be easy for us to market later on um, and so they'll probably like that they'll probably speak highly to you I mean if you've only done conferences and you have you know a poor writing sample I think that will be you know they'll say no okay. um, but it, it can only help you. 
What about the culture of the campus? Were you pretty careful there in terms of the environment that the students live in, in terms of the, the, the social phenomenon of the school? Yeah, that's hard to say. Okay, so I would say that it depends greatly on where you end up going. Um, but you are you are a graduate student. You are in the philosophy department. I connected much more so with people who were in other graduate programs. When I first got there, it was kind of like a um, I was hanging out mostly with other philosophy graduate students, and over time, I found that a little wearing and difficult um, because. It's great to have peers who you're friends with and to bounce ideas off of, um, but it can be exhausting when those are the only people that you see. And then your only free time, you have to go out with these people that you may not necessarily be good friends with outside of the classroom. Um, I would say that I wish that when I had gone there, I had been a little more diligent about establishing a comfortable environment for myself. Okay. Um, I felt like I was, re, you know, I felt like I was in kind of college again. I was still in college mode. So I'm like, you know, um, you know, I felt like in college I, I like to, you know, play the nun in, in her cell. Like I like to like, you know, isolate myself and, and work to wee hours of the night. And, you know, I enjoyed that. And, you know, the, you know, the college is, um, you know, great for doing that. It's very nurturing. When you're in graduate school, you don't necessarily have, um, um, the professors taking um, such a strong interest in you as a person, um, and so it can be it can be kind of um, it can be kind of a downer. Um, and when you're working so hard and you're isolating yourself and, and you don't feel comfortable, you know what you're doing. I think it's easy um, to become um, uninspired and it's easy to get behind in your work. Um, if you go there knowing, this is where I'm living for you know, five to six years, like this is, this is my environment, you know, make sure that you're, you, you have a comfortable environment. Buy, buy a pet, buy a cat, you know, somebody who can keep you comfortable. Yeah, two cats, um, I think that's great. Make sure that you have friends who are outside the department um, because it, it, it can be exhausting when your only friends are the people in the department. Make sure that you connect with people, you know, be, on a personal level, um, because you want to be their friend. Um, people who have interests, um, similar interests outside of, you know, philosophy. Yeah. Um, not to say that you shouldn't be friendly with the people in the philosophy department, because some of my best friends from Tulane, you know, are in the philosophy department. Um, you know, and I love them to death, and we have a personal relationship with each other that goes beyond philosophy. But I also have a lot of other friends in New Orleans um, who are outside of the department. They're either people who live in New Orleans, there are people in the law school at Tulane or the med school. Um, so, you know, as as I you know time went on there, I made a you know a concerted effort to make friends with people um, who I connected with on a personal level, and I felt like that actually was very helpful. Because um, graduate school can get lonely and it can get isolating, so you want to make sure that you are comfortable, that you have um, a network of friends that you can turn to um, um, when things go wrong, when you're stressed out, because um, you really are living your life. There's a lot of changes that go on after college. It's it's a very tumultuous. It can be a tumultuous time in your life. And you're going to be doing something that most people are not doing. So you're going to turn to your peers 
and they're going to be having a completely different experience of life than what you're having. Okay, they're going to be starting their careers. They're going to have, you know, be getting salaries that are substantial, and they're going to be buying new cars, and they're going to be buying new clothes, and they're going to go on trips to Vegas, and all these things that you can't really do because you're poor, because you're a graduate student. You only make like fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year, and so you have to make that money work. Um, and so it, it can be frustrating because it's because you think I put in so much effort into this thing, and I'm I'm reaping no, you know, no physical rewards from it. Um, everyone else is, you know, has a lot of money and they're buying cars and things like that. Why can't, you know, I deserve this too? Why don't I have that? So it can, it can get down, you know, it can get, um, it can be difficult, and you have to learn how to cope with that. And you can cope with that. I feel like I've gotten much better at coping with it, and I actually, you know, I prefer what I do. You know, I, I love philosophy. Now I can, you know, I get a lot of joy out of it. Um, but I did, there was a time where, you know, I had to work through that. And I feel like it's an ongoing process where you do work through that. Um, but it's easier to work through it when you make an effort to live your life, okay, w within your means. But make a comfortable home for yourself, you know. If you need a roommate, somebody you get along with to talk to, to, you know, make light of things, get a nice roommate. If you need a cat or, or a dog to kind of, you know, take care of and... and um, you know, connect with on an emotional level in a, in a way where you know that cat will always love you or that dog will always love you no matter what. You know, do it. It's a very helpful. I just got a cat and it's been a, it's been changing your life. Um, okay. But yeah, make yourself comfortable. Don't isolate yourself. Don't make an uncomfortable situation for yourself because you are going into an uncomfortable situation. It will be uncomfortable. It is work to get through it. So make it comfortable for yourself. If you can do anything to help yourself, do it. All right. Um, I did a trip with my sister, I think it was my third year, which was 